Hey, it's Kristen. Thanks for joining us on Rational in Portland. in the studio we have Derek Peterson. Derek ran for sheriff and he I met him at a party a no on charter Ulysses party that was Mingus Maps's political action committee and that's where I met Derek and he was very active in the no on charter movement and and so was I and I really encouraged him to run for something else and he was held his cards close to his vest but uh obviously this is a he's a really talented guy and I know there was a lot of support behind him for sheriff in fact almost everybody I know agreed that the we had great candidates for sheriff and boy wouldn't it be great if one of them ran for something else too so we got really lucky because he's running for school board for Portland Public Schools Derek welcome thanks so much for coming thanks for letting me uh come and talk with you. Um, so I'm so thrilled. I haven't seen you since November. Um, you look great. You're wearing a suit today. You look like you're uh, ready to, to take on a PPS school board. Um, so tell us, like, when we get our voter pamphlet, obviously it's even for the, I mean, I've got mine in front of me, even for May, it's way too thick. And we'll know if you're on our ballot, we'll see your name, Derek Peterson. But what is your district? Like, if people are hearing this and they don't have their ballot yet, how will they know if if you're their guy? Well, I am representing Zone 3. and the, So that's the Lincoln area, the Sylvan area, uh, northwest Portland. So that's that's where I'm at. But it it's uh, good to let people know that everyone in Portland can vote for uh, school board candidates. It's not just to a, to a specific zone. So that means anybody... Even if we're not in your zone, I can vote for you, even though I'm in Southeast. That's correct. Anyone in Portland. Okay, this is so important. Yeah. So here's the thing, guys. Um, school board, as as a lot of you know, during, during COVID, if some of you have thoughts about whether school resource officers should be in schools, if some of you have thoughts about these kids that are being shot out in front of their high schools or this fentanyl, that is obviously infiltrating our schools and killing kids as young as like 15 years old, Franklin High School. If you have thoughts about that and concerns, vote for Derek Peterson. This is a guy who, Derek, Derek isn't this correct? You were in management at the sheriff's office. That's correct. Uh, close to 25 years in management. But then, of course, you were also a unionized employee. Yeah, for the the other part of that, uh, so a thirty almost a thirty six year career, so uh, another fifteen years of that was spent um, under union guidance and uh, representation. I mean, I just think you have the perfect background for somebody who can be on school board and work with te- the teachers unions. Who I mean, God knows we need people who can work with the teachers unions, and then also see things from 
a management point of view. You can really see both sides in a way that I think a lot of candidates really wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, I think it's important that relationship building is at the forefront. Uh, and that's my tenant. My number one tenant is to build those relationships. I had a great uh, relationship with those union re- representatives, the president, the vice president, and some some of us kind of grew up together to that extent, but that was a, a nice thing to have. But there was a mutual respect between both of us, and they knew that I was kind of a, a person that was going to sit down with them, talk through the processes, not jump, jump to judgment, and always looking at how can we save the employee if there's an employee issue or uh, sitting down and making sure that we're looking at handling things at its the lowest level so they're not hopping up into a discipline situation where there's a formal investigation that's blown out and uh, using multiple resources. So that's what I was known for. Why did you decide to run for school board? Well, you know, after the sheriff's run, uh, it took some time and really was approached by several people in the community wanting to know what my next steps were. And I was like, well, let me, I retired in November of 2022. And I said, well, let me, let me take a look at what's out there. And they were going, well, really school board is something that we think you would be great at. And so as I, I thought about that and looked at what the crossover was, um, cause a lot of people were like, well, what's the switch from, a sheriff's office, uh, law and order type of situation going to the school board. And I said, well, a lot of my, uh, what I ran on was about students and making sure that they were being dealt with correctly, having the, the um, just the things that they needed uh, to be successful as students, as going into the next level of education or going into trades or whatever their next steps were, and that was extremely important to me. School safety was a major part of that uh, campaign and uh, making sure that our, our students were safe in their schools. What are your views on that? What do you think that students need? Because I think we're all, we, we want answers. We want to know what you think. Yeah, there's a, a, a lot of talk, a lot of different ideas, and I think when uh, people talk about uh School resource officers, it's some, some people get triggered by that particular word, and um, I think there's some issues that have come up that make them feel that way. And so I say, well, let's have a conversation about it. I don't know if students were brought in uh, to the equation to have those kind of conversations to see what they're mo- most comfortable with, students, parents, and also uh, staff, the faculty, so I think it's important first to have that conversation and then look at ways to mitigate and bring in resources that really um, give the students some some comfort. Um, and I was looking at kind of a situation like the Portland Street response where it's uh, people who are versed in de-escalation techniques, understand how to build relationships, can come in and have no resources within within Portland, those wraparound resources, able to establish, like I said, relationship with the students and staff, uh, and handle low-level events extremely effectively. And so that's 
a conversation that needs to be had and how would that look and would that be comfortable for the majority of, if not most of the people out there that have an opinion about uh, SROs and what that might look like in their schools. So uh, that's, that's what I'm looking at. When you talk to your potential constituents and people maybe at the school level, I don't know if you've talked to the superintendent or anything, but when you talk to people, what's the kind of feedback that you're getting on that? Well, I have actually haven't had a conversation with uh, the school board members at this point in time, but I know some of them are against having uh, school resources officers in the school at this point in time. But again, I think that's a conversation that needs to be had. It needs to be uh, not just a surface level, but it needs to go below the surface to really find out why people are upset about uh, police, which we understand nationwide there's major issues i get that but um, for our kids safety we need to have that kind of conversation and make sure that we're protecting our, our students well and people can't see you but i think it's important to note that you're a person of color do you, do you identify as black yes and so obviously you're coming at this from a different perspective and a very unique perspective because one of the biggest concerns about school resource officers in schools or how are they going to interact with students of color? Mm -hmm. Well, as a uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion trainer for 25 years, uh, that is at the forefront. So I understand uh, people and and the different situations that come about. And when we talk about diversity and equity, uh, those are kind of sometimes slippery words to some people, but I think it's part of my DNA as as I started that journey with diversity training some 25 years ago when it was just even a thought process, right? So I've been versed in it for quite a while, uh, known as a subject matter expert in the, in the field and believe that we need to bring people together. And that's my tenet is making sure that we bring people together to have those conversations and discussions and see what, what direction we can go together, locked arm in arm, to make sure that everyone's okay, our students are okay, that uh, people are being listened to. That's the biggest part of it. A lot of people aren't listened to and they get very, very frustrated. So um, I'm a, uh, I've got an ear for, for that to make sure that I hear people and then find ways to manage it and come up with viable solutions, not just talk, but a solution that everybody can agree on and then step forward with that solution. How would you say that you differ from your opponent? Uh, I only met her a few times, but the, just the, the difference at this point is my, my experience community-wide. Like I said, uh, I've been in education for 25 years, um, and I'm on a board of, a, of a, what is it, social science for PCC. Uh, I've taught in, in colleges as well, um, management courses, diversity courses as well. So I understand the, the, the part of scholastic situations and issues to that extent and being relevant, being um, a person that's approachable and understanding across racial lines, racial divisions, that's what that's what I'm about. So uh, also my community experience, working with Word is Bond. Um, yeah, talk about that organization. 
Yes. Is that Lakiana? That's Lakiana. Yeah, I've talked to him on the phone, and he's a really impressive guy. Yeah, uh, extremely impressive. So, And a uh, young guy. Yeah, he's young and, and going at it, and I really appreciate his energy and his skillfulness and understanding of the situations that are happening and willing to work alongside law enforcement to bridge gaps between um, young youth that had major issues with police officers. And now with his program, we're able to go in and, and have an experience and a relationship building um, uh, kind of program that, that the youth can come and talk with the police, actually experience what the police are doing, have open dialogue. If they're upset about something that, that happened to them, that they have police officers that can, can come talk to them through that and work out. And even a, even if it's just an apology, hey, uh, didn't mean for that to happen. What can we do to go forward with that? Because that's not what the intent of policing should be or uh, as, if, if they hit some kind of negative type of situation. Um, so that's very important. And then seeing what police officers actually go through and getting that perspective uh, versus what they think police officers may be thinking or not. So getting out on the river and looking at Portland in a different way that they may not, never have gotten a chance to do and going on ride-alongs or going through some of the training aspects of what, what police have to actually figure out. Oh, that's great. I yeah. didn't know that that was part of it. That's wonderful. Yeah, so it's a, it's a two- or three-day training session where you know they they get a, a chance to learn about de-escalation and what police officers have to learn through that process of of uh, just being a police officer across the board and so I think it's extremely valuable and what he brings to the table is is immeasurable yeah yeah he's he's um the help that he's done in an incredibly short amount of time is really impressive so are you saying that those are the kinds of organizations that you would suggest as um organizations that maybe schools could look to to work through some of these issues that we're having with say you know students being shot out in front of their high schools fentanyl overdoses we've got i mean these drugs are everywhere these pills are everywhere these kids are saying that they're killing themselves throughout the country because of bullying issues. Um, I don't know. we got a lot of troubled kids. There it is. Uh, it is, to me, all hands on deck. And no one can sit by and just say uh, and look at TV or look at the media and what's, what's happening and just say, well, and get a pass, basically, right, uh, especially here in Portland. So I know a lot of people are fantastic at, at, at giving money, but... I believe time is even more valuable. So if you I have, do too. Yeah, if you have an hour or two a week or um, once a month to go into a school with the skill sets that a lot of people have to um, touch kids in different ways, where uh, whether it's teaching them how to read or just talking with them, being a mentor, being an example, that a lot of that doesn't happen, especially in the black community with our black uh kids or boys specifically don't have those role models and mentors that that uh, they need to be successful so I think time is a, a, is more even more valuable than just throwing money at it um, 
So that's what I'm going to be suggesting and hopefully working with groups to bring in and build a matrix of, of men and women. And I don't think it has to necessarily be uh, black organizations. It's across the board. Uh, we are in this together. It needs to be inclusive and not exclusive uh, to that extent. So, yeah, all hands on deck. It, so it sounds like you've given time to kids in schools then. Yeah, that's whether it's coaching, uh, and that's what I've I've done to give back to the community in in a in a, in a certain way. Where uh, whether it's basketball, football, or track, I learned a lot of different things. And one of the things that I will always tell people, I learn more from the kids than I think I teach them. Uh, so it's an incredible opportunity for for growth on both sides and to, to just give back and teach uh, kids about team concept, build their confidence regardless of what skill set they have or skill level and understand what team means and what it means to, to show up for your partner, your, the other person that, that is a part of that team. Uh, so I've, I've been just, it's been a fantastic uh, situation and that I've been able to, uh, go in and do some some coaching. What are the kinds of things that you learned that surprised you? Well, I'm going to tell you, kids are, they think, we put them in a box, let's just put it that way, and we don't think that they think uh, further out than what they're eating for lunch the ne- that, that day or something like that. That, um, And I, I will just talk about my kid real quick. He was on the on the basketball team, and um, one day we're in the middle of I'm in the middle of a scrimmage or coaching technique, and he comes up to me and I had a question, and he said, "Yes, coach." And it wasn't "Yes, dad." It, he understood the moment, and I was incredibly honored by his understanding of who I was at that particular time. I wasn't dad necessarily. I was coach and coach for the whole team, including him. And I think kids are thinking through these processes more than we ever, ever, ever would ever would realize to that extent. So I'm uh, extremely thankful for those experiences, especially when people, uh, some of the kids were upset because of a school day or were picked on. Uh, You see teammates rallying around them. um, And even having to work out problems within themselves within from from teammate to teammate seeing that process and helping them go through that and uh, getting on to, on the other side by talking about it getting their feelings out and moving on so that was fantastic well and you have a very there's a very touching story about your son because when when we met you said, um, you know, you said people had been encouraging you to run for office, and of course, I was one of those people. And when we met, um, I wanted you to run for mayor. I, this is fine; I'll take it. Um, <laughs> maybe later. Uh, so, w- and, and I said, well, hey, you know, why'd you retire from the sheriff's office? Because, um, gosh, it sure sounds like you were such an asset there. And and you uh, told me I was just very surprised. You told me that um, your son had uh, suffered an accident and um, that you were retiring because your wife had really shouldered all of 
the care for your son while you were uh, doing all this work with the sheriff's office and, and kind of giving your all to that. And, and of course, you're involved, you've been involved with the community and civically involved with St. Mingus Maps's Commissioner Maps's organization. Um, are you comfortable at all talking about that and about um, the, the kinds of, because I, I think that goes to your work, that will go to your work with school board, that you understand not just these uh, social challenges that kids might have, but medical challenges. Yeah, no. When I talk about mental health, it goes the gambit. And even though he's 25, uh, he suffered that concussion when he was 12 years old. And um, the, the, the short of it is he's had a headache that has never gone away since that concussion. So he's one of a few kids who experience a, a concussion that has some type of uh, long-lasting situ- uh, medical issue. So he's been able to get through high school and actually graduated from college. I'm extremely proud of Isn't him. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. But but because your wife was so hands-on. Very hands-on, getting... Um, she got all the right people lined up. Man, I, I was so impressed by the school system itself getting um, a actual, I, th- I think it's a, I, I can't remember the term, but it's a, it's a. Like a para? Uh, yeah, kind of like a para situation where uh, he gets all the information um, and help that he needs to get through uh, high school. And was I, he I at Lincoln? AP or, yeah. Uh, no, actually he was in the Beaverton School District. But oh, wow, okay. Man, uh, the principal, the counselors, they wrote this program up for him so he could be successful. And I'm internally grateful for that. Uh, he didn't have to rely on it a lot, but it was there for him if he needed it um, to get through high school. So that's amazing, too, because you were, by having to navigate that as a family, you saw a school, what a school can do to be helpful right. to the family and the child. And as, of course, the family going through this, you saw what you needed to do to advocate for yourselves and articulate what you needed, which I'm sure was no small feat. Sometimes you don't know what you need. That's right, right? yeah. And then some things are put in place that uh, you go, well, I don't need that. And all of a sudden it, something comes up and you go, wow, glad I, that was part of the, part of the uh, equation. I think it's called EAP. But, um, yeah, so it was extremely helpful to have that. Uh, that that program written up for us specifically for him so he could be successful and a lot of times he had, he just had to stay at home in a dark room and that was just troubling for me so I know that there's a lot of students out there that are having issues and it doesn't have to be on a concussion level but uh, coming out of this pandemic there's major issues of of self-worth and who they are and how they fit in and uh, feeling frustrated and not having those abilities to decipher and and really de-escalate themselves, having those those skill sets. So we're coming out of a, out of homes that were probably some of them less than ideal and um, very stressful. As parents, we're trying to figure out how to manage manage that uh, and go to work and. Uh, you know, got a kid at home all, all the time now. So there's stress all the way across the board. So it wasn't just the kids, it's the, the parents as well. 
And so you bring that in back into a classroom, it's sometimes a recipe for disaster if you're not a, getting ahead of it or at least bringing resources, whether it's counseling or psychologists around that situation, to address that and really have a, a time where kids have a, a place where they can go and talk about it in a safe manner where it's private and be able to, to address some of the situations or issues they have. We know there's a higher suicide rate going on, more drugs, the fentanyl situation and issues, uh, the bullying that's going on within the schools as well. Uh, that's that's just unacceptable, and just know we just know we have a lot of work to do uh, to combat it and to make sure that our kids are, are safe, are uh, ready to be productive as not just students, but moving on through the school system and on into adulthood where they either are going to go to school or go to work. You must have seen that fentanyl issue firsthand at the sheriff's office. Yeah, working in the jail, you would see people overdose. Unfortunately, um, there's certain ways that that product would get into the system. Unfortunately, it just happens, right? And uh, someone ends up passing out, and our deputies had to be trained on making sure that they knew the signs and were getting uh, the, the medication they needed to make sure that they weren't going to die or overdose and getting them to a hospital very quickly. So we had a, a robust training and our, our deputies responded extremely well and understand uh, the significance of that. And a lot of times they, they save lives in, from people overdosing. One of the question, listener questions I had when I told people you were coming on, they wanted to know if you had any ideas or messages, tips for parents who are worried about their child growing up in this era of pills and fentanyl and um, what to what do they what do they look out for what. Are there any signs that they should look for? What, where is the education piece? What is the messaging? Do you have any ideas at all for parents? Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's difficult, again, with coming out of post this, this COVID situation and, it, and what signs to be looking for specifically. You know, are, is your youth withdrawn or... Um, doing things that are counter than what they used to do. Um, those are the biggest kind of indicators where you look at, at that. Who are they hanging out with? Um, are, dis, are their grades going down or are they despondent in any way? So you need to be really looking at the, the total package of, of, your, of your youth, of your kid, and seeing what, what's happening with them. And if there's something different, Ask them, hey, I noticed that, you know, you're not engaged with the family as much as you used to be, or you don't talk to uh, your friend like you used to, and um, those kind of things. You're not interested in going to a movie, and you you tend to maybe want to stay in your room uh, more often than you used to. So there's indicators that are out there, and and then also. Um, making sure that you're friends with their friends to an extent, right? And in a healthy way, what's going on with that? So having that open door and being able to check in with uh, their friends, you can get a lot of information from that. 
even if they're trying to protect friend to friend. So it's important for parents to be more involved than just superficial and just going through life going, eh, it'll be okay. Did you have a conversation with your son about drugs and what was the conversation? Uh, we, we talked about that because, you know, being in law enforcement for 36 years, that's going to be a subject that's not going to just be avoided. And really being a law enforcement family and, and upholding to uh, laws and, and what we're subjected to uh, as far as what drugs can do to you. Um, he's an individual that needs to make up his own mind, and uh, he was extremely respectful of that and understood the ramifications of alcoholism or, or drug use and those kind of things. So uh, I was very impressed with his understanding of it and really staying away from it. And so, um, yeah, so we had conversations with him, and they were very open about the whole gamut, whether it was sex, sex or <laughs> you, you name it. Um, and I was always impressed with my wife in, in having those kind of conversations as well. She's extremely open with him, and, and then I would have a chance to have those conversations as well. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it could be as simple as talk to your kids. you got to talk to them. You know, can't think that things are going to just go away or things aren't going to ha- aren't happening and they might be like dad i know i know i know but it's no yeah. sit down it's important <laughs> i know i know yeah. stay away from pills well hang on a minute you know yeah you can give them the perspectives especially from a viewpoint of being in law enforcement and what you've seen right that that's invaluable but even then like i said they have to go through their own walk but uh, if you're g- backing that up with other kids that have had issues, um, so it's more relevant to them, sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, this is adult stuff. Well, no, it's actually goes down. To, I, I knew, knew people when I was in grade school that were on drugs, you know, 8, 10, 10, 11 years old, selling, doing stuff. When like, you were in grade when school. When I was in grade school. So. Where did you grow up? <laughs> I was born and raised here in Portland. Were you really? Yeah, yeah. So where did you go to elementary school? Well, I went to Holy Redeemer grade school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I remember a couple. It wasn't a lot, but there there was introduction at an early age, and you, and you knew who the people were that were, uh, you know, smoking dope or doing whatever it was they were doing. So Boy, here I thought. I thought I was like so wise because I was seeing that in sixth grade. But yeah, no, um, no, not not as not as early as you in Catholic school. So it turns out (laughs) public school was better for for that piece. Maybe Um, yeah, yeah. Now everybody with a kid in Catholic school like like, (laughs) side eyeing. (laughs) But so okay, so you grew up. Going to some private schools too, so you have you also have that perspective too. Yeah, I think it's it's. That's good. so interesting. You're an onion. I mean, <laughs> the layers are infinite. <laughs> yeah, so I raised in that North Portland area. I, w- I would have probably went to Jefferson High School. So I followed my brother, uh, who got a you know he's all American everything wow. per se right. So it's like hey, I'll just go to Central Catholic. Um, but I wasn't as skilled uh, as an athlete as he was, so I ended up working summers to go 
to pay for a high school. So, wow, yeah, that's so impressive. I worked, worked summers to actually do that. So, What did you do? What was your job? <laughs> I was working for uh, doing building picnic tables. Uh, sometimes the school would get contracts for painting buildings or houses or things like that. So you just so. did what any, whatever anybody would pay you to do, kind of. Yeah, yeah, but it was under the school program. So, that's great. Yeah, so that's what So I it's did. like work-study almost. Basically, and thank goodness my dad uh, gave me some skill sets that... Paid, yeah, I mean, if you gave me a hammer and a picnic table, <laughs> I wouldn't probably wouldn't do very well with it. Yeah, I learned a lot. So <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't just watching, but he he put the the hammer in my hand and the paintbrush in my hand, and so I I had a skill that uh, was transferable and was was good for me to help pay for for high school. I just think that's incredible. So if you win the school board position, what is it that that you want hope to accomplish, if anything. Um, I always I already talked about the issues with um, uh, school safety. I think a perspective that I would like to kind of just say is that uh, being retired and having a chance to now um, go upstream and really get a chance to talk to students to keep them from being justice involved. So uh, law enforcement, where I was at and what I was doing, uh, even before that working at JDH, I actually saw uh, youth who were in the JDH system actually move into the adult system. For people who don't know, what's the JDH system? So juvenile justice, juvenile detention. So I was supervising uh, juveniles at a for six months or so and saw some really bright amazing kids and then all of a sudden I get a job in in the adult system and here they come moving right into the into the adult system that's the saddest thing I've ever and, heard and it was heartbreaking so I saw that so you had relationships with these kids that you would see in the adult system exactly. coming up exactly yeah so that was uh, that's one of the reasons why I got into law enforcement was to say actually I wanted to get into probation and parole where I could help make a difference. Make a difference, right? And so even in the corrections atmosphere, I was able to make a difference where um, even when I, I was known as a person that was just fair and consistent and caring, right? And not not a pushover, but but caring. And to the extent where even when my wife and I are in, and son were out on the going to a movie or walking downtown, I'd have someone who was in, on the inside who was a, um, a person in custody would say, hey, uh, Sergeant Peterson, I'm doing fantastic. I just want to let you know I'm doing very well. I'm off the drugs. I've got wow. my kid back. So I would have those kind of responses. And as I... That must have been cool. It was real cool. And I think the big, the, the coolest thing <laughs> was when I was getting promoted, when I got to promoted to lieutenant, I walk into a dorm and I had several uh, folks in custody come up to me and say they recognized the bars and they celebrated my promotions. Wow. Yeah. So I was a different kind of, kind of person. I've never even heard system. of that before. Yeah. That, that was probably not common. 
No, I wouldn't think it was common. But like I said, I wasn't a pushover. It was more of, of respect that was built over. Well, you obviously years. weren't a pushover because you wouldn't have been getting, keep getting promoted if you were, um, you know, let, letting these guys um, kind of run ramshackle over you or kind of do what they wanted. Um, obviously, you were seen as somebody very, very talented within the office. But then what's so interesting to me is that the, these inmates you're seeing also saw you, saw, recognized your talents as well. I mean, that's part of why I think you're just, you're so clearly for me the right choice for this school board position because you can not only see, you're good at seeing both sides of the coin. And I think it's that's very difficult for, it's very difficult for anybody. Um, but certainly somebody who's civic-minded like you who, who um, you know, I, I think a lot of people come at things from different ideological perspectives. You seem to have this blend of nuance that I think is really missing in this city. Well, thank you. Thanks. I'm sure you've been told that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't be the only person who's seen that. Well, it's, it's nice to hear, and you, you have to kind of figure that out on your own um, when you're hearing that. What is that? How does that transfer over, like from running to sheriff to running for a school board, right. you know, how do those things transfer over? And I think one of the things I sat, sat in on, um, when I was thinking about it, just kind of started to resonate with me where I was like, yeah, I was chief deputy over a division of over 400 personnel and over a $30 million budget. And that speaks volumes. And how does that um, resonate or cross over to a Portland school board where there is a, a major budget and a lot of personnel and uh, schools that need to be attended to? I, I ran a, uh, the detention center for several years. And so that's like running a hotel where you got to make sure that maintenance is done, that personnel are being taken care of, that there's, you know, all a whole host of things that are happening, working with uh, peripheral um, people that the judges or attorneys coming in and out and uh, taking on projects to make sure that you know, even our mental health facilities were up to standard. And, and that was one project that I was extremely proud of while I was uh, a captain over at the, the sheriff's office. And so I have a litany of of experiences that I bring, not only just within the law enforcement, like I said, with but community-wise as well. Um, so, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being so civically involved. Thank you for running for school board and for staying civically involved because I think we really need people like you in this city, and I um, appreciate your contributions. Is there anything that you want to talk about before we sign off here? Yeah, I, just to finish up with what I'm, why I'm running uh, to that extent. I, I, just, I believe Portland is in a crisis and people are saying that I believe it and uh, our students and our schools are in the middle of it. It's one of the things that I think uh, a lot of people don't think about when they're just trying to make it in their daily lives that our students are involved in uh, and where is it at with on the school level? And so I believe they're in the thick of it. And again, it's all hands on deck. I think it's important that uh, people who have um, have skill sets that 
they can give back. And I know that there's people that did that for me when I was young. And so I am extremely excited to be able to roll my sleeves up and see what I can do to help our, our kids, our school, and our community. What can people do if they want to support you? Um, can they, Do you have a website where they can donate? Yes, it's DerekPeterson.com, so D-E-R-R-I-C-K, Peterson with S-O-N.com. So you can go to the website. I've got endorsers from left to right and all in between. I'm extremely proud of that. Uh, I've got some unions that have have uh, endorsed me as well and in a time and a, an election cycle where there's not a lot of union endorsements, I was able to manage uh, those relationships and have them come forward with, with their endorsements, so I'm very proud of that. Um, yeah, Women's Democrat uh, Party has endorsed me as well. I, I'm not sure it's Democrat Party, but there's... there's. Is it like Women League of Voters or... Uh, no, it, it just escapes me. There's so many. There, there there is a, <laughs> but it sounds like you have a lot of them. So that's good news. <laughs> there is. There's quite a, quite a bit. <laughs> there's a lot to manage yeah, yeah. in this small, what seems like a small, relatively small city. There's a lot of these groups yeah. to manage and get endorsements from. And you've seemed to do it across the spectrum. Yeah. I, Abel Gordley just uh, texted me oh, that's today. Great. And uh, Margaret Carter is, is uh, a supporter. And she's uh, uh, Representative Bynum. Um, Janelle Bynum, sure. Bynum, yeah, that's yeah. great. So, yeah, it, it, Jeff Kogan, I just, I, I can just keep They're rolling There's in. There's just a list of people that I'm extremely proud to have uh, come beside me. But obviously, I mean, you have an opponent. So I guess one thing that we need to kind of highlight is this, it's not a given that you're just going to be on the school board. No. Um, and so we, you still are, you're, it's not like you are not interested in, uh, fundraising and it's not like you don't need it. I mean, is, aren't campaigns expensive? <laughs> very expensive, very expensive. And, and you're laughing in, I mean, yeah. you're laughing, you're, I can see you, people can't see you, but you're laughing in a knowing way. Yeah, it's very. And you know this cause you've run for sheriff. Yeah. Of course you've ran a campaign before, but they're very expensive. And so it's, it's important that even if people out there are listening and thinking, oh, this guy's great. I mean, he's obviously just going to get it. That doesn't mean he can't use your money or your time or now what if, what if people uh, want to, what, what else can they do? Can they doorbell for you? Can they volunteer for your camp? Do you have a campaign they can volunteer for? Yeah. On the, on the website, there are, there, there's a place where they can sign up for getting a sign or like I said, uh, donating or being a part of uh, knocking on doors or door hanging. So we're putting those committees together as we speak to, to, as the ballots uh, are going to drop next uh, pretty soon. soon. I mean, right? I already have my yeah. voter's guide, so yeah. I think it'll be soon. Yeah, pretty soon. So, yeah, the, the time is now, and so we're going to be doing those kind of things. And, and there's, uh, I think we're, we're looking at it, trying to raise another 5000 So, you know, anybody can donate $10, 15 20, $20, or if they can do the 5000 fantastic. But every little bit helps, and I, I'm extremely internally grateful for every donation that's come through. So how does it work on this school board level? One of the questions we had is whether there's like a donor matching program or anything. It's not, though. It's not like the city, right? 
Um, it's it's not a matching, but there is not a limit. So when I was running for the sheriff's uh, deal, it, it was a limit of five hundred. So this makes it nice that people uh, that can donate more than five hundred, f- fantastic. But so, like you said, they could literally write you a check for five thousand bucks. Yeah. yeah. So th- there's no there's that's amazing. There's absolutely no limit on donations. I think that's really important. So everybody needs to understand there's no limit on this here. And also that the city isn't going to match it. So five bucks is five bucks. This isn't like the city council campaigns where, you know, they're going to match it times like nine or something, some absurd amount. There's no matching. So if they give $10, we appreciate it, but it's still just $10. It's just $10, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's important for people to understand. And then, of course, what if people want a sign? Can Is there a headquarters where they can come by and grab any of this stuff? Well, like I said, it's on online, okay. so if they want, want a sign... So just get in touch. We'll get it out to them. I'll do you have t shirts? Do you have merch? Do you oh you'll drive it out. (laughs) You can meet do you hear that everybody? You can meet Derek Peterson in person. He will drive the sign request him and he will drive the sign out to you. And then what about merch? What about t shirts? What about there's no merchandise. It's just more um, information, informational cards and things like that. And it's important that people vote. Yeah. Right. I mean, ultimately, what we need people to do is get civically involved and open up the dang ballot. And it doesn't matter that you're not this isn't a governor's race. It shouldn't matter to you that this isn't a mayoral race. These races are still incredibly important. And if you don't think school board races are important, think back to, to COVID. In 2020, that that was the, the, they suddenly became a lightning rod of issues, whether no matter where you were on the spectrum, our school board suddenly became very important. And I think most of us know that Portland Public Schools ain't doing so well in the rankings. They're not doing well, uh, but having a chance to talk to the superintendent, I'm, I'm extremely hopeful. I mean, and again, he didn't have a blueprint as to how to deal with this COVID situation, right? And some people say, yeah, you know, does the students need to come back early? But he needs help. He needs a lot of help. and From and, the school board. Yeah, he needs help from the school and board, but like the community you. as well, and right. understanding... Uh, there's opinions out there, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm in a wait and see kind of mode as we come out of this situation to see if the things that he's put in in place are gonna actually work and get us out of the situation. Like you said, some of the lowest scores or. Uh, I mean, are you concerned about that? Because I know some people just go, "Oh, it's test scores. Oh, it's a ranking." I mean, I it concerns me. Our graduation rate has concerned me for decades. Yeah, no, it's extremely important that we address that. Uh, And our achievement gaps. Yeah. So I had a woman on the podcast from NWEA, and they administer the MAP tests. And she said that these, we always had achievement gaps between races, say, black children, white children, even white children and Asian children, certainly American Indian and and Native Native American and Asian children. And then we have these, she said, we also have these huge gaps between poor children, of course, and children with means. COVID, according to her, and according to, I think, all the data, it's settled, has exacerbated those gaps. And so what really concerns me as a parent with kids in schools and as a citizen in the city of Portland, Portland Public Schools is our our that's our dis. That's our 
<laughs> that's our district. That is where these children are flowing through. And soon they're going to be citizens out in the city. How do we close these achievement gaps that just got wider? I'm so concerned about that. And my guess is, you know, you are too. Yeah. And like, see, it's resource oriented uh, and it's bringing like the, the, these services, whether it's better counselor to student ratio, because you can't handle uh, one counselor can't really effectively handle, you know, 400 kids. Uh, that's not that's not going to get get it. When right. you say it that way, it sounds <laughs> totally absurd. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that's that's the reality yeah. when we're talking about budgets and things like that. So how do we resource and, and again bring community in to help this situation out? Um, uh, I've talked to to people from different programs and organizations that may be willing to get on board with this to help out. I'm ex- oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so you're already beginning to build those bridges. Yeah, I have been. and Well, that's I'm, wonderful. I'm, I'm hopeful for some of these, these uh, organizations to come alongside to help out. Yeah. And then if people want to get in touch with you, they just go to the website. If they have any questions or anything, they can fill what it's like a form they can fill out and they could ask any kind of question they want on the website. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I answer it. And I'm, I'm good about that. So you're very good. Very responsive. <laughs> yeah, you're very responsive. And um, anything else we should know about you or anything else that you need from us? No, I think that's pretty much it at, at this point. But just I'm hoping that people get out to vote and definitely I'm asking for their vote and may on may 16th and and making sure that our schools are taken care of and i think i can be a conduit and a person that can make a difference yeah this is really important i think a lot of people think they don't need to worry about this may election because you know it's not it's not a governor it's not a mayor it's it's important that you you vote in these races everybody because if you believe at all that portland has any kind of problems uh, you can help change that you you with civic involvement certainly but also just by vote get, educating yourself about people like Derek and voting for people like him to get in there and to start making any necessary changes or, or just do the kind of bridge building that he's doing to to put communities together and start finding coming up with solutions because like Derek said, it's all hands on deck, but that includes all of you too. So when you get your ballot, please open it and please fill it out. Don't toss it. This is a really, actually a really important election. We had Alyssa Pazishkan talking about the capital gains tax. We're going to have Julia Brim Edwards on. She's running for Multnomah County Commission. And of course, Derek's running for school board. So please, I'm, I'm just begging you to open up your ballots. Um, Derek, thank you so much for coming on today and taking, I know you're, I know you're a busy guy and you got to get going. So I really appreciate you coming on despite your campaigning and your family demands and all the civic involvement that you have. Thanks for giving us your time. My pleasure. Thank you.